the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is a Tuesday, and it's uh, a day that, boy, oh boy, I do think I have two pounds of show stuffed into a one-pound show bag. This is going to be a tough one. We're going to have to try and work to get it all in, but I'm sure we can get out the big shoehorn. We, we have work to do on this August 8th, 2017. First of all, uh, before I get into uh, a, a very important update from a story we led with yesterday, I need to make you aware of a couple of things that are going on. Uh, just about an hour ago, we got reports from the Pentagon that uh, an Iranian drone got within 100 feet, not 100 yards, 100 feet of an American fighter jet as it was attempting to land on the deck of a carrier. Now, what that says to me is two things. That the Iranians have drones within 100 feet or very close to our aircraft carriers in the Persian Gulf. Why the hell aren't we shooting those drones out of the sky? This is not the first time they did this last year, too. We got to stop this bad behavior right where it is. I know they're going to say it's a provocation. The provocation is the proximity of the drone near the aircraft carrier and or the fighter jet. That's the provocation. And nobody's going to die if you shoot a drone out of the sky. However, a drone, which we all know is capable of carrying uh, weapons, because we use weaponized drones all the time, a drone is capable of killing or damaging the aircraft carrier and or the fighter jet. So let's cut the Bravo Sarah and let's take care of business and let's show Iran that we're not going to take this crap. I know I'm sounding like some kind of warmonger today, but this is just infuriating. An Iranian drone within 100 feet of a Navy jet trying to land on an aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf. Stop it. Stop it now. Okay, rant over. A lot to talk about today. Some of it real heavy, some of it real light. Uh, all of it vital in terms of my mind. And uh, we're going to try and, like I said, squeeze it all in today. If you want to join the conversation, the numbers are 888 Yesterday on this show and yesterday on the Glenn Beck program, the topic was, for a time, Procter & Gamble and this, this new video they put out just about a week or so ago. It's got 1.7 million, probably close to 2 million hits now. It's called The Talk. And it's meant to have a conversation starter between, I guess, parents and children, black and white, about racism in America. And I took exception with a part of it, well, a couple parts of it, that appeared to make law enforcement, to paint law enforcement with broad strokes saying that basically law enforcement were bad and that all law enforcement's going to stop you and pull you over. Now, I, I'm a white guy from Chicago. 
Yeah, I grew up on the south side. We moved to the suburbs. But I'm a white guy on south side of Chicago. But when I got my driver's license, I remember the talk my parents had with me. And it was pretty much a follow-up of talks we'd had all through our life about law and order and cops. And that you, you just be smart and behave yourself and respect them. Because one day you're going to need them. I remember my mom saying that. One day you're going to need that person. So anyway, as I'm looking at this PNG video, I stumble into a YouTube channel of a guy named Mike the Cop, who is in law enforcement, who has worked in law enforcement for the, the better part of uh, eight years, I think it is. Here's a guy who is, puts on the badge every day, puts on the vest every day, works in Michigan. Somebody that, you know, when these guys, men and women go to work every day, they have no idea if they're coming home or if they're going to run into that situation in Las Vegas like we saw yesterday, the video we, we played yesterday, where the one officer took a bullet in his shoulder, went out his back. The other officer, thank God, the bullet struck his duty belt and was deflected in the middle of the day from a guy they were stopping to ask why he was sleeping in a neighborhood in his truck. So, yeah, I have a lot of respect and a lot of, a lot of um, support for law enforcement. And we tracked down Mike the cop, and he's joining us uh, today via Skype. Mike, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. You're, you're, you're very welcome. I want to encourage people to check you out because I think you spit the truth, sir. I think when your YouTube channel is out there and it's Mike the cop on YouTube, you should check him out. That, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that, A, you're, you're strong enough in your beliefs to do this and that what, whatever law enforcement agency you belong to hasn't said cut it out. Or at least I don't think they have. Have they? No, not yet. Uh, I've been really fortunate. And I think that uh, the work, the groundwork we laid, like going, going back a couple of years of just being involved in social media has helped. So I've, I've kind of like built some trust uh, with the agencies that I'm connected to. Well, you, you also don't sound like a guy who just goes off half-cocked, not to use a gun uh, analogy here, but you do seem to think out where you're going, and your, your, your production is direct without being profane. It is powerful without, again, being uh, vulgar, and I think that probably weighs into some of the latitude they give you, and I'm, I'm kind of happy to hear that. Now, have you heard well, from Procter & Gamble or anyone related to that, that video on this? Have I spoken to anybody directly from Procter & Gamble? No, I've had a few people that work for Procter & Gamble that have reached out to me to describe sort of like the conditions or, or mindset that, that they see the company having, but uh, no one from the company has reached out to me directly. Well, it's interesting. And in, in, in um, the interest of full disclosure, I have to tell you, Mike, for almost 20 years, my wife worked for P&G uh -huh. and kind of, kind of indirectly because she was a soap opera writer. And when you write soap operas, no matter what television network they appear on, you are paid by Procter & Gamble. You are an employee of P&G and not necessarily NBC or CBS or ABC. So um, a long history of understanding the size of the company and how it does operate. And it's a very tight company in terms of controls. So if they... Go ahead. Well, if they do reach out to you, I'd love to hear if there's a reaction. But I, I think, you know, your take on this, Mike, 
as you watched as you watched this this section of this this video the talk where the mother gets into the car with the young daughter and and basically says she's worried about her coming home because she might have an encounter with law enforcement what was your first reaction <laughs> well, my first reaction is, is ultimately what came came through in the video, which was just imagine if that situation was reversed. Imagine if police officers had this conversation at at roll call or briefing before they hit the road and and were encouraging each other to be safe around black people. I mean, it was just mind boggling to me how how they could throw that out there um, and the inference to me the implication of what was being said seemed very clear in the context of that video. Um, and if, if we were to do the same thing, um, how would that go over? And I think, I think the answer to that is also fairly obvious that would go over, uh, like a lead balloon, obviously. Yeah. Fu- yeah. You'd be so, fired. So fired, you know, that's all, that's all it, it wouldn't even be desk duty between me and another officer encouraging us to just be careful around all the black people. I would absolutely face discipline up to and including termination. It's uh, it's just astounding. We're talking to Mike the Cop. He is Mike the Cop on YouTube. If you want to see the clip, we played a little bit of it yesterday. Uh, you also have an Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. Are they all Mike the Cop as well? Yeah, if you look up Mike the Cop on any of those, you'll, you'll stumble upon me. They, they each have slightly different usernames because Mike is a pretty common name for cops, apparently. <laughs> Mike is a pretty common name for everybody. I can tell you that growing up as a Mike. You know, come on. That's, that's good. So, Mike, uh, has the video caught any momentum, any fire after, after the, uh, the last couple of days of media attention? Uh, I mean, I think that uh, it's grow. It continues to get a lot of views on Facebook and and continues to grow every day on YouTube. And you can never predict in social media which ones are going to to catch and which ones aren't. So you just kind of keep keep doing your thing and put out the content. And uh, you just you can never predict it may it may pick up steam three months from now when the issue is revisited again. So you just never know. Well, as a guy who's been in law enforcement for eight years, as a guy who's worked in parts of Michigan Michigan that have uh, a pretty balanced and sometimes uh, less than balanced uh, racial profile. You know, you've got you've got healthy mixes in different communities in Michigan over the last, say, three or four years when we witnessed Ferguson, when we witnessed some of the tension in Baltimore. How is how is the area you're working in holding up in terms of the divide that we see in some of the bigger cities in the country? Well, I think that the, I think Ferguson, you mentioned, is, is an absolute watershed moment. I, I, I liken the Ferguson situation um, to the same media attention that, you know, going back to Rodney King, how mm-hmm. that that was a huge, a huge uh, defining moment in the law enforcement community relations. Um, I think in this case of Ferguson, it was um, a, an example of how things have changed in the media and how they report things as well. But I I find personally that the day-to-day issues are not much different um, for law enforcement officers. And I would hazard to guess that that, that's probably true across the country. Uh, There are probably pockets of places in which there are 
um, heightened tensions between law enforcement and and certain members of, of their communities that they're serving. But for the most part, the reality continues to be that most citizens uh, have a respect for law enforcement and the overwhelming majority of law enforcement have uh, nothing but respect for the people they encounter, even when they're arresting them. Uh, I think that the battle that I feel like I'm fighting is one of perception, that uh, it's commercials like Procter & Gamble put out that continue to utilize race as a means of not only marketing, uh, but to continue to perpetuate um, false notions about what those relationships actually are uh, on the day-to-day in most people's lives. And, and that's what's unfortunate, is it's built on a lie. Well, 100% spot on, if I can say that, to our, our guest, Mike the Cop. You're absolutely right. This is pushing a false narrative, but it's also trying to use that false narrative as a marketing tool to hyper-serve one demographic. And I wonder if they fully understand the risk they put at, at keeping the support or or the consumers in the other demographics on their side. And I, I you and I have the same perception of law enforcement. And I think yours is more accurate because you're out there in the middle of it, that law enforcement generally like like society, it's a tiny, tiny percentage of bad folks out there. And those are the ones right. that get all the attention when the people doing the good job, the people who are behaving themselves and acting correctly and respecting the the rules of our society are the ones who never get any credit so exactly. i'm glad you're standing up and uh supporting law enforcement as visually and verbally as you do mike the cop find him on youtube find him on facebook instagram and twitter mike i hope you'll consider uh, the blaze and the blaze radio a friendly place should you need to get the message out absolutely appreciate it thank you sir be safe and take care thank you there he goes. Mike the Cop opening up the show just to follow up from yesterday. I'm very happy and very uh, pleased that that gentleman decided to spend some time with us. When we get back, oh, we'll check the headlines. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff. Plus, plus, I, I have a question today, a vital question that I think is going to really, um, well, I think it's going to be quite engaging. We'll deal with it next. I'm Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. One of the things we like to do on this show is to kind of test test your opinions and talk to you and and one of that one of that little an offshoot of that idea is to ask a vital question every day and we use the hashtag vital question and then i try to ask something that typically is not vital but it is a question just to see where you stand on things for example yesterday we asked a question about tattoos we asked a question to see if where you stood on tattoos, because a lot of people have them, a lot of people don't, people love them, people hate them. And yesterday, 28% of you said on the subject of tattoos, love them and have them. 37% of you don't have tattoos, but you're fine with them. So that means like 65% of this audience is okay with tattoos. 
35% do not have tattoos and do not like them, Sam I am. But so today's vital question deals with a story I was looking at uh, just before we came on the air. It's a story about airlines and airline industries. The airlines are looking for ways to save money all the time. All the time they're looking to save money. And, and guess what they're doing? They're looking at using artificial intelligence and self-flying planes. Now check this out. According to a report on CNN Money, the airline industry could save an estimated, it's staggering this number, $35 billion a year by, by getting out of the business of having planes with pilots in them. $35 billion a year. You know when you tell an industry that they could save tens of billions of dollars by implementing a new technology, it's a race to see who can get there first. Think about it. You'd never have to wait for a crew because the crew you were, you were uh, using on your plane had exceeded the limits, you know, the human limits that the FAA puts on pilots and flight attendants, etc. You never have to worry about a pilot getting hammered and getting on the plane. Pilot error becomes a thing of the past, doesn't it? Well, UBS, the financial firm UPS, did this report that put all this out. The biggest problem of the uh, remote-controlled planes, which they anticipate will be here by 2025. The biggest problem is not the fact of the technology, but the, the idea of it doesn't exactly sit well with travelers. So I want to know, where are you on this? Where do you stand on, on the, uh, the idea of getting on a plane without a pilot? They are coming. It's 2017. They're anticipating 2025 with pretty much a, 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 full, a, a full component or full complement of planes for different airlines of different sizes in the skies by 2030. We're 13 years away from this. Would you buy a ticket on an airline using pilotless planes? Currently, and it's very early voting, really early, but I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, 9% of you say yes. 73% of you are saying no. And I, if I think I added the words hell no, I think that would be in there too. 18% of you are kind of on the bubble. I want to see it in place for a few years before I'm doing it. You know what? Let's have, let's have a package delivery service on those planes for a little while. We know the AI is going to have the trucks on the road doing deliveries very soon. Why not in the skies? That's another job going away. Airline pilots. Would you buy a ticket on an airline using pilotless planes? It's on uh, the Twitter, at StuntBrain. Join the conversation, 888-900-3393. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. I was just keeping an eye on something here, and I, I, I can't help but comment on this. For the last 24 hours, maybe the last 12 hours, most intense, intensely, CNN and MSNBC have been all caught up in these new poll numbers. New poll numbers. And they lead at the top of the hour saying that Americans don't trust the president or anything coming out of the White House. And, and the numbers aren't good. Trump's numbers in the first 200 days, he's, he's down in, in some pretty historic territory. But then at the bottom of the hour, after they've beaten up the president for half an hour, CNN comes out with this new poll that says 53% of the people say things are going well in the country. Gee, where, where is that? Why did it take till the bottom of the hour, till, till you've gotten everybody to tune out to get to the fact that a majority, an overwhelming majority. If somebody won the presidency with 53% of the vote, we'd say there was a, a huge presidential victory. This is a big deal. 53% of the people are saying the country's, things are going pretty well in the country. So d- don't necessarily believe the hype on the negative feelings about the president. Yeah, there are people that have issues with him. I have issues with him. But I want the agenda, the conservative agenda, to get pushed forward. I want tax reform. I want a fix on health care. Repeal, replace. You know, we got, we got to get this business going. And there are things out there that worry me, especially when 53% of the, of the country says things are going well, but we also know we have this gigantic debt bubble that is looming. We owe more money individually. You and I owe more money in our credit cards and our car loans and our college loans and our mortgages than we did as the economy was about to burst in 27 and 28 you remember? Yeah, well, all of that, all of those lessons we learned about getting rid of debt, well, they're, they're not so, uh, they're not so permanent, I guess you could say. Now, I'm somebody who absolutely got destroyed in my 401k when the market crumbled, and I've learned my lesson, and I am much smarter, I believe. My credit card debt is... Uh, It's zero. I pay everything off every month. But it took me, like I'm sure it would take, or if it took you, years to do. You don't fix it in in a couple of months. You have to take time and make a plan and cut your spending and, and shave down those balances. But how many credit cards do you have? And how close are you to maxing out any one credit card if you have more than one? And how wise is that? I'm, I'm just saying there, there, is, there is a little bit of danger on the horizon if we don't get smart. There's a little bit of uh, concern in, in the uh, postings of some of the people who we respect in the economic world. Credit, credit is a ticking time bomb if you don't do it wisely. 
So a lot of people went into debt and bought stuff and had consumer confidence because of Trump hoping that we were going to get this tax cut. And what happens if you don't get that tax cut? Can you afford all that stuff you talked about and the stuff you went out and bought? Can you? It's kind of interesting to watch this. 53% of us feel like the country's going the right way and things are going well. And yet we have this massive debt bubble that's out there. Talk about something that could block out the sun. You know, we're just, we're less than uh, two weeks away, 13 days away from the eclipse on the 21st. This debt could be the the eclipse. You want to talk about a total eclipse of the economy. Whether it's the student loans, the mortgage loans, the credit card debt, or the car loans. Where are you? Are you being smart? Grandma Opelka used to say, be smart for yourself. Be smart for yourself. If you have zero debt, if you get down to a point where you are you are not relying on credit cards, you don't have a credit card that's maxed out, and you're able to start putting money away in whatever form it is, in the bank, in cash, in your home, which you should have a little cash stash, even if it starts with 10 bucks in an envelope in the back of your underwear drawer this week, or if you're buying metals, which maybe 10% of your money should be there, or Bitcoin, maybe there's something there. I'm just saying, as, as we look, as the stock market is, is riding, what, what is it, nine or 10 days of record territory, nine or 10 days in a row, it's at 22,148 and 17 cents today. If we look at that, if we absolutely look at that and say, how long can that continue? How long can that that line keep going up? Because it's gone up since the election. It's gone up since since the president was elected. The stock market has been on a rocket. And I'm just saying, Grandma Opelka would tell us all, be smart for yourself. Be smart for yourself. I know. I, I could get, I get into grandma stuff, and we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, a couple other topics we have to get to today. I'm kind of feeling sad for Sinead O'Connor. No, no, don't, don't, don't say it. I know. She did it to herself. Yes, that's true. And if you haven't heard, Sinead O'Connor... The uh, singer, she's the one who gave us the massive hit of the Prince-written song, Nothing Compares to You. Sinead O'Connor then went on to offend just about everybody in this country. She went on Saturday Night Live and held up a picture of the Pope and tore it in half and said, fight the real power. And so she was persona non grata after tearing up a picture of the Pope. And then she went to uh, do a concert, perform a concert in New Jersey and would not let them play the American National Anthem before she performed. She didn't want that to happen. And how ironic is it that the place she ticked off, the place where she ticked off the entire country, the state of New Jersey, is the place that Sinead O'Connor is having her, her meltdown. Yesterday, in case you, you didn't hear it, yesterday, Sinead O'Connor 
released a, uh, a video, posted this kind of rambling video, this 12-minute video talking about her mental illness and talking about suicide. And she's living in a, a, a kind of a flea-baggy, a travel lodge, okay? It's not, it's not what you would think somebody who had multiple hits and I think she's got a couple of Grammys. But somebody's staying in a travel lodge in New Jersey. And she didn't have nice things to say about it either. She's in South Hackensack, New Jersey. Just, I think this lady has some problems. But you got to feel for Sinead O'Connor. So, good luck to you, Sinead. We hope you get your stuff straightened out. But you know what? I know a lot of you are saying things about her and insulting her. She tore up a picture of the Pope on TV, and then she didn't want America to be honored by the singing of the national anthem before her show. Bad decisions, decisions I don't support. But when someone's fighting mental illness and talking about suicide, I think we have to be the people that say, we hope you're okay. We hope you get your head screwed on right. I'm just saying. Okay, now you can yell at me. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Come on back. We'll get more into the news of the day next. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Uh, breaking news, the uh, Washington Post is reporting that the American intelligence community has concluded North Korea is making missile-ready nuclear warheads. Now, what does this mean? What, 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 what does this mean? This means they have miniaturized the warheads, because that's the problem. When you make a nuke, you have to be able to make a miniaturized version of it so it can fit on top of that intercontinental ballistic missile. Now, that news is disturbing on one level, but we have to remember there's still another part of this that has to be solved. And I'm sure the North Koreans are working on it, and that is the re-entry because the intercontinental ballistic missile goes up through the atmosphere and it has to come back in. And if you don't get that part right, it blows up on reentry, which, you know, I don't think that's a good idea either. Having nuclear tipped intercontinental ballistic missiles trying to come back through the atmosphere. I'm just saying not exactly the best idea. But according to this report, just breaking now from the Pentagon, the intelligence community concludes North Korea is, in fact, making missile-ready nuclear warheads. I anticipate some more action out of the U.N. and a statement, obviously, from, from the president sometime today. He's not on vacation. He's just working in the Bedminster, New Jersey White House. <laughs> and he might be playing a little golf in between. But uh, this is disturbing news. This is not good. It's not exactly on par with 
Russia unloading missiles in Cuba 90 miles from American shores. But it's disturbing when you think of this idiot having this kind of technology at his disposal. You know, he could hit China, Japan, South Korea, Russia, Alaska, Hawaii, so many different places. And even just just trying to uh, assemble that, I think, would bring a reaction. So keep an eye. We will, we will keep you abreast of this story. Uh, also, before we wrap up this first hour, we do have a vital question of the day today that is up and rolling. And some of you have already jumped on it today. Some of you have jumped on and shared your opinions. The question is, would you buy a ticket on an airplane using pilotless planes for an air? Let's say United wakes up and says, these pilotless planes are perfect. They're just like big drones. Now, I wonder, I wonder if they're going to have robot flight attendants, too. I wonder if we're going to have robot flight attendants coming down or maybe everybody's going to get their their meal package handed to them when they get on the plane. You know the people in first class are going to demand extra treatment. And I think you have to have somebody on that plane, a human on that plane, in case the humans also on board are misbehaving. But now we've let's just say we've eliminated the pilots, saving upwards of $35 billion for the entire industry. You would hope that would make the price of air travel a lot cheaper. Uh, We all know that even when gas prices went down, ticket prices didn't really go down to match that. And guess what? Uh, Those luggage fees pretty much did not go away because the airlines figured out we were used to it. It's like a tax. A tax never goes away. But that's the question of the day. Would you buy a ticket on an airplane using on an airline using pilotless planes because they, in fact, are on the way? And uh, your reactions to this are typically brilliant. Jeff Thomas, 14, on Twitter says, I could imagine if there was just one person instead of a crew eventually. Of course, then I'd want them ultra qualified, just in case. Well, of course. Uh, The Her TMB's voice responded, where's the hell no option? I would pick that one. Victor Martin, who is uh, at Porkchop217400 on Twitter. I want to know about that name. Victor Martin replies, brought to us by the industry that can't transport luggage to the same destination. What about the Delta computer system crash? Not me. I'm guessing that's a no thank you. Now, we'll keep an eye on this. We will definitely keep an eye on this. Will the drones be big, giant 767s eventually will we be flying the pilotless friendly skies i'm thinking it could happen now coming up in the next two hours again we'll keep an eye on this situation this news about the north korea and the missile ready nukes that they are allegedly making uh we lost a legend in movies there's also a story about a canadian man who who i guess you could call him snake bit and when you hear why uh, you'll understand Plus, Chelsea Clinton stuck her foot in her mouth. Garth Brooks did something wonderful. And if we have time, we'll get to William Shatner facing off against the social justice warriors. He used to be their hero. Remember when he fought for the first interracial kiss on television? Shatner said it has to happen. 
He's been a lifelong hero of the social justice warriors. And now they're mad at him. They want him to put on the red jersey and be teleported down to the, the planet below. You Star Trek geeks understood that one. We'll be right back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Second hour, Puro Pelka. Yeah, the uh, story we're following, the headlines that we'll dig into a little bit later. Uh, the U.S. intelligence community has concluded North Korea is making missile-ready nuclear warheads. Not good. And buried in this intelligence report, this latest release from the Pentagon, also is news that North Korea, Kim Jong-un, has as many as 60 nuclear bombs. Now, that's not good. That's not good. A nuclear North Korea is, it really is some sort of nightmare scenario waiting to happen. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on things. We will definitely keep an eye on things. And and I'm remiss if I don't get to uh, Stephen Savannah, because an hour ago we were talking with Mike the Cop about the, um, the Procter & Gamble video that was released, uh, calling it um, The Talk, you know, showing parents having talks with their kids about, about racism. And it, it kind of was like a, sort of a, a montage of how parents talk to kids over the decades but it ended up with a modern shot of a mom talking to her daughter about encounters with the police. And these are all black families with black kids. And it's, it's a very, um, a very unproctor and gamble approach to uh, selling soap, I guess, or maybe it is, maybe it is, but Mike, um, uh, Steve, you were listening when Mike, the cop was on. I'm sorry. We took so long. I got distracted, but welcome back to the show, sir. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, I wanted to bring up, there's a couple other uh, guys on YouTube that are very pro-law enforcement. Um, Mike the Cop, I've been watching him for about six, seven months. Um, but I found out uh, his channel through another YouTuber called Officer 401. Um, he's another uh, police officer. He's active. He's, uh, I believe he's out of Brunswick, Georgia. Okay. And he does really good videos as well. Um, also, there's another uh, YouTuber. He goes by the name of Donut Operator. Um, he did does you a say, lot of video did you, games. Wait, wait. Did, did you say Donut Operator? Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I love it when these guys does, have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he, he's, he's hilarious. Um, he does a lot of video game stuff, but uh, I was drawn to him because... He'll take uh, a lot of uh, that or body cam video and stuff, 
and break it down and kind of explain, you know, okay, here's where we saw, you know, the gun in this situation. This makes it justified. Um, hmm. And also another one, it's not so much a cop uh, or it's, it's not an individual doing it. Um, there's a channel called Police Activity, and they release uh, it just pretty much as soon as the police department releases body cam footage of an incident, they post it. And they post oh, that's it great. unedited. Yeah. So then you can get the raw footage. Now, they don't always post, you know, the, the raw stuff because some things would violate YouTube's guidelines, like with excessive violence sure. um, or excessive gore. So you don't see everything. If you really want to see that, you can go over to LiveLeak. That's where all the, the yeah, really live leak stuff goes. Yeah, LiveLeak has a lot of stuff like that. But, you know, I like it when... When we get the uh, the men and women of law enforcement who lay it out there, who 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 put their own who put their own spin on what's really going on in the world, and and they are they're the ones who are out there every day with their cheese in the wind. Do you watch uh, Friday and Saturday nights on A and E? Do you watch live PD? Uh, no, I see uh, little clips of it here and there because I, I browse uh, the uh, the protect and serve Reddit, and people will post. Uh, funny videos that come off of that uh i don't have cable so i don't i don't watch okay i understand but if you uh we're talking to steve in savannah one of the stunt brainiacs regulars here uh steve one of the ways you can see some of the highlights of that show and just to let you guys know it's on a and e friday and saturday nights from 9 p.m to midnight that's right i have no life i'm cheap and i don't go out so i do watch this but they have been the number one rated show on Friday nights now for, I think, the last two, maybe three weeks. It's um, 30 cameras in six different cities, live law enforcement taking you out on the streets. And the last couple of weeks, they've had really compelling stuff uh, with, um, with officers getting in chases, getting into altercations, always ending up on on the good side of things, thank God. But... It's uh, for those of us who who really love law enforcement, and you know, I'm I probably would have never passed any of the tests to get in because I'm just too much too much of a radical. But um, the, the, it's good stuff, and I, I appreciate you telling us about Officer Four Hundred One. And what was the one with all the um, all the body cam footage that they released when as soon as it's released? It would be police activity. If you Police just plug, plug that into YouTube, you should be able. That should be the first thing that comes up. And the other one is Donut Operator. Don't I love Donut Operators? It's just too perfect. But I, I appreciate you, Steve. Thank you so much for being here for us, and uh, thanks for hanging on today. And um, come you, back again soon. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. There he goes. We are um, we're knee deep, well, ankle deep into the second hour of the show today, and. Um, Watching, watching a story that could be disturbing, and then again, I believe right now there's probably a um, an emergency meeting going on with the president. Not necessarily a situation room meeting because he's not at the White House, but I'll bet you that the uh, the Pentagon is in contact with the president, and we should hear something about this. Uh, as we have now learned, North Korea, through a report from the Washington Post has miniaturized a nuclear warhead. But again, we don't know if they have the technology to bring that intercontinental ballistic missile back into the atmosphere.
Because that, let's face it, that's the big question. If they can't get it back into the atmosphere, uh, it's just a waste of time, although it could be raining a little bit of nuclear shrapnel. Not a good thing. Uh, if you want to join the conversation today, uh, 888 900 Staying on the uh, North Korea issue, uh, Nikki Haley, our U.N. ambassador, was on Fox News uh, and discussing the situation with North Korea. And this is before we learned of, of the um, report in the Washington Post just now. Uh, this is talking about the sanctions that were slapped on North Korea and the situation we face with Kim Jong-un. Do you have any information on the new information that we have that North Korea for the first time is, since 2014 is moving some military assets to maybe in response to these sanctions? I can't talk about classified information. What I can tell you is that we are on it. We are very aware of what's happening. We are going to continue to watch and see what happened. But it was a strong day for the United States. It was a strong day for the United Nations. And it was, it was a gut punch to North Korea to let them know the international community is tired of it. And we're going to start fighting back. Well, the the international community may have sent that message that we're tired of it and we're going to start fighting back, but North Korea doesn't appear to be really troubled by that, do they? So we'll watch this. We'll watch every single bit of this. Right now, I, I don't think uh, anything seriously bad is going to pop today. I think this gives us a chance to maybe, we have assets in the region. Who knows what we do to respond? But I do, I do believe... I do believe in Nikki Haley. I do believe in Rex Tillerson. I believe in the president and the American military. And I think we'll ultimately take the right, strong approach on this. Now, I mentioned there was a Canadian man who um, has to consider himself snake bit. This is not a guy I would, uh, I would encourage to go out and buy a, a um, Mega Millions lottery ticket tonight. By the way, it's worth like $350 million tonight. So if I'm not here tomorrow or if I'm live from Monaco, you will know why. It will mean that I'm uh, celebrating. But this story out of Canada where Canada is having some of the same problems the western United States and some of the plain states are having this year with wildfires. Now, Lots of people have lost their homes this year due to the wildfires. But one guy in Canada who has to feel like his ticket has been punched twice by the fates is Jason Sherman. He had a home in Alberta, in Fort McMurray, Alberta. And in May of last year, was burned to the ground because there was a massive wildfire. And fast forward to 14 months later... The Sherman family gets hit again when a wildfire just destroyed the rental property they had in British Columbia, 900 miles away. Can you imagine two years, I'm, I'm sorry, two homes in just over a year, two homes in just over a year burned to the ground because of why I'm not laughing at this guy. I'm just saying, what are the chances? And I'm, I'm someone who's, we, we lost 90% of what we had in New York City once in an apartment fire, and it stinks. You can't, there's little stuff that you never think of. You're like, oh, that, that got burned up. Damn it. 
Now, I, I'm looking at the photos of Sherman's homes, and uh, neither they both have chimneys. The chimney is all that survives after these fires. But uh, the situation here, I do not see a, uh, a safe. I don't see a Liberty safe anywhere because we know had, had he had a Liberty safe, and no, this is not a live endorsement, that all of his treasures probably would have been secured inside. But can you imagine 900 miles apart and you lose both homes in 14 months? Yes, I think that qualifies as snake bit. And you know what? Um, I, I do say maybe he shouldn't buy a lottery ticket, but perhaps if you believe in the concept of do, if you believe that the fates will finally turn around and say, you've had a tough year and a half, we need to give you a break, then maybe that's what Jason Sherman should do. Good luck to you, sir. Two houses, 14 months. Yikes. When we get back, Chelsea Clinton or who's making the swastikas hip again? We'll flip a coin and see where we go next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. With Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm wondering, I am wondering, did the Washington Post get snookered? No, I'm not talking about the Washington Post story about North Korea miniaturizing, allegedly, reportedly, a nuclear weapon. I'm, I'm wondering if the Washington Post got snookered in this uh, story it published July 27th, but now it's starting to catch fire everywhere, including the blaze, no pun intended. The headline reads, Did a nine-year-old called Pickle really write that letter to Trump? Yep, he's real. Well, that's real. The story about the nine-year-old writing the letter to Trump is real. But the story that follows it up saying that California bakers are refusing to bake a pro-Trump cake for a nine-year-old fan. I'm wondering, this story just hit the blaze about five minutes ago, maybe 15 minutes ago, but it's been around. A lot of news outlets are reporting it, and a lot of people are saying, well, that's terribly wrong. Yes, it is, if it's true. And if if those bakers won't make a pro-Trump cake, then they should be fined out of business like happened with the people who wouldn't make the gay cakes. Well, I, I didn't like the way we handled the gay cakes and the, the bakers who wouldn't make, you know, there's no, it, just go get your cake made somewhere else. You don't need to shut somebody down if they believe it violates their religious principles. You certainly don't need to send them to a re-education camp as we heard. But uh, this case, 
this story that's on the blaze. I got I to shoot some holes in it. Brandon Morse, you might get mad at me for this. Where are the names of all the bakeries? I want, if we're truly going to point them out, because I'd like to call those bakeries. I'd like to call them and say, hey, what the hell? You're not baking a cake? I'd like to come in. I want you to bake me a $10,000 I love Trump cake and see if they turn it down. I'll bet you they'd take that. Well, the mom's answer, and I think this is the right answer. The answer that the mom has done is she took it upon herself to make her son's cake. So she did. She had to bake it herself. As she says, all of the bakeries in California she went to refused to make the cake. I'd like a list of, I want names, lady. I want a list of Mrs. Harbin. I want to find out who wouldn't make a cake for Dylan. And I'd like to call him up and ask him why. California, first of all, California. You won't make a Trump cake, but you, you'll force the people that won't make a cake for a gay wedding to go to, to, go to re-education camp and you will find them out of business. Good for you, idiots. But I got questions about this. I sincerely wonder if, if this is a, a real story. You refuse to make a cake. I want the list of all the bakeries. We'll follow up on this. Maybe Mr. Morse, we'll see if we can get him to weigh in and see if there's any additional information on this story. Because to me, I think it's teetering, teetering, if you will, on Bravo Sierra. I think this mom is just kind of enjoying the fame that they got when their nine-year-old had his letter read on the television. Just saying. A little disturbing, and especially if you're using the kid. Now, do we have time to get to Chelsea Clinton? We might have time to get to the Chelsea Clinton story. We have been fascinated by the uh, relentless pursuit of a political career that Bill and Hillary Clinton seem to be foisting upon their daughter, Chelsea. And it seems as if every time Chelsea wants to opine on a subject, and she tries to come at it from, from the uh, politically correct point of view of a liberal Democrat. She seems to step in it. She's done this almost weekly now. So she's back. Just a couple days ago, Chelsea Clinton announced that um, she wants a new rating system for movies. Now, we go back to my early days in the music industry when Tipper Gore was behind something called the PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Council. This was a reaction to the language that was in the early rap and some of the hard rock music. There was a discussion at the time that music, music was was making kids into bad citizens. And that evil rock music and some of that rap was so terrible, it was destroying the children. Yes, blame the music like you blame the guns. Nothing to do with bad parenting. So in the case of Tipper Gore and the PMRC, they wanted a sticker put on all of the records that had objectionable content. And there were hearings in Congress. We had... Frank Zappa, the late Frank Zappa, and other rockers appeared before Congress actually 
talking about how hideous and insane this was. And guess what? When the smoke cleared and the PMRC had record companies putting stickers on albums that had, air quotes here, objectionable content. You want to guess what happened to all the sales of those records? Anything with a sticker had a spike in sales. Of course. 13-year-old boys, teenagers are going to flock to the to the albums that have the stickers because they have the dirty content. Wait till you hear what Chelsea Clinton's up to. I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Still no statement out of the White House about the report out of the Washington Post saying that North Korea has miniaturized a nuclear warhead. I think we'll get something today, but the, the lack of urgency on this leads me to believe that this is a lot of the media pumping it up because they got tired of talking about the president's poll numbers, which were down And then they discovered deep in the polls that 53% of us think we're better off. The country's better off right now. Gee, that's going to be hard to get rid of, isn't it? Interesting. Uh, On Twitter, at StuntBrain. On Twitter, at StuntBrain. S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. We are talking about uh, everything today. But we also have a, a poll up today. A big poll up today. Asking... You know, if airlines have decided, if airlines have decided that they are going to follow the military's footsteps and uh, go with pilotless planes, would you buy a ticket on an airline using pilotless planes? Because they're coming. They're telling us the airline industry and uh, UBS, which is uh, doing the projections on this, the financial projections, that um, 2025. They'll be here and probably everywhere in 2030. So would you buy a ticket and fly on it? It's going to be cheaper because, you know, we don't have to pay for those damn pilots anymore. We, we don't need those pesky pilots. We're just going to have drones. 16% of you say yes. 70% of you say no. 14% of you say maybe it's going to be up until the start of tomorrow's show. We'll review the results tomorrow. Before we went away, I was getting into this story about Chelsea Clinton. The Clinton that's going to save the family's political legacy because Mama Clinton couldn't win the presidency. Twice she failed. And there's hope, there's belief that Chelsea will be the the next Clinton to occupy 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue eventually. See, I think this is the ultimate target. That's why they keep shoving her out in front of the mic. You go out in front of that microphone and you tell them you're the progressive. 
you write you put your name on this book that we had somebody write for you so that you can you can have credibility you get out there little missy chelsea clinton now wants films to be rated on whether or not they quote defy gender stereotypes yeah that's right chelsea clinton wants wants to put a special rating on films on whether or not they defy gender stereotypes, because we all know gender stereotyping is bad. Because we have so many genders and so many stereotypes about the genders that are they stereotypes when they're just hyperbole of reality? Isn't, isn't hyperbole there to, to clarify? Isn't it an exaggeration meant to clarify? Is that kind of where this goes? That's kind of the way I think about it. And I go, I wonder, I wonder how, how are they going to accomplish this? Chelsea's doing it under the guise of better parenting. Better parenting. There's a group that uh, earlier this year, a nonprofit group called CSM, Common Sense Media. Common Sense Media. And you know, you know, I'm guaranteeing you, if... If this name is true to form, it is the exact opposite of what it's saying. Common sense media, I'm sure, is not common sense. Common sense media in June told the world that it was going to develop a system of rating movies based on whether or not they defy gender stereotypes and offer, get this, quote, Progressive depictions of gender roles. Progressive depictions of gender roles. Well, here's the contradiction I have in that statement. I thought the progressive world and the progressive brain didn't recognize gender, that there really wasn't gender, because how dare you? How dare you assign or assume a gender based on whatever parts God gave me, whatever reproductive ability God assigned to me, but whether or not they offer, those films offer progressive depictions of gender roles. Hmm. The Economist reported, in theory, the system is quite simple. A film will be awarded the organization's seal of approval if it presents characters that defy gender stereotypes. Well, isn't that special, said the church lady. Chelsea Clinton heard about this and she took to Twitter and said, thank you, Common Sense, for your work helping parents choose films for our kids with positive gender representations. Now, if someone's a man and they represent that character as a man on the screen, is that a negative gender representation? What the hell is a positive gender representation? Seriously. This, this is pure indoctrination. This is pure propaganda. This is pure social engineering. Chelsea Clinton. Now, look, I'm all for movies that give kids role models, strong role models, good, good family role models. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want kids to look up and say, wow, look at that. There's a mom. There's a dad. 
there's brothers and sisters. The, the, the kids are working when they can. They're studying. They're going to school sometimes. Those rascals get in trouble, as kids will do. But don't you dare ask them or assume that they are the gender that was assigned to them by the government at birth. We have to wait till they're old enough to figure that out. Just it's maddening. And Chelsea Clinton is one of the people pushing that. Chelsea Clinton is one of the people who is shoving that out there and letting the whole world know that this is the way to go. Just the comments on these com on these tweets are, are even better. And it really does come down to who, who does Chelsea Clinton think she is to tell us that, that we need a new rating system, a new rating system for Hollywood that, that identifies films that actually defy gender stereotyping and actually present the characters that defy gender stereotype and offer progressive depictions of gender roles. I went to that, um, I went to that uh, gender identity conference in Philadelphia about a year ago and I walked in and I was handed a button that said, what's your PGP? And that was the question we were supposed to ask everybody when you met them. You'd go up and say, hi, my name is Mike. What's your PGP? And then they would tell you their name and their preferred gender pronoun. <laughs> I thought I had fallen through a wormhole into an alternative universe. This is what's coming unless we stand up and say, stop it. Stop it. You're being stupid. There aren't 47 genders. There aren't even four. We need to stop it now. And I'm telling you, the Clintons aren't giving up. No matter how many times Chelsea Clinton stands up and puts her foot in her mouth with one of these statements like this, no matter how many times the rest of the, of the social media world stands up and says, you're stupid, you need to cut it out, then they're just going to keep coming. Because they are relentless. They are the Clintons. They believe they are entitled. They believe this is what they are entitled to do, is be our leaders. And if you think Bill or Hillary are going to give up on the, the hopes of moving back in, you are sadly mistaken. So I, I do think we need to keep an eye on her and we need to call her out. Whenever she does something like this, whenever Chelsea Clinton steps up, raises her hand and says something that is just purely progressive and idiotic, we have to call her out. Her dream is to fulfill her mom's dream. And you know what? Um, I, for one, I, I'm going to make sure we promote every dumb thing she says. Every single stupid thing Chelsea Clinton says is going to get front and center on this program until she decides to go back to doing whatever job she wasn't doing and getting paid a lot of money not to do it over at NBC. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. We'll be back. 
Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Busy day. I told you we had two pounds a show to get into a one-pound bag. And thanks to all of you who jumped on the Chelsea Clinton story and contributed. One day I should go back and talk about the Parents Music Resource Council because uh, Frank Zappa testified. Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister testified. (laughs) John Denver testified. In front of Congress, you want to talk about a very different group of people testifying in front of Congress? John Denver, Dee Snyder, and Frank Zappa. It was 1985. And that's what resulted in these stickers being put on records. It's kind of like what Chelsea Clinton's talking about, getting a stamp of approval from the progressive overlords that we are properly displaying gender sensitivity and or progressive values in this movie. Are you kidding me? God, this is scary. Does anyone else feel like this is really disturbing? The only good news about this is, and this, this news came out today and it's been popping around a couple of, a couple of the liberal um, media outlets that 2018 and the Democrats dream to take over the House and Nancy Pelosi, it is her dream. She is excited about the opportunity because the Republicans are so disjointed right now. And the only the only reality here is that the, the Democrats are all screwed up, too. They have no message and their new message, a better deal, just as carrying zero weight. But it also looks like there are seven or eight districts in California which are so reliably Republican that they'll never be overturned. And that kind of will help in trying to keep the House under the GOP control and keep Nancy Pelosi from getting her hands on that big gavel again. We'll keep an eye on that story. But apparently the the Democrats are not paying attention to that. And that should make us all feel a little bit better, shouldn't it? I don't know. 2018 is not that far away. And it's a a tad bit more than nerve-wracking, isn't it? (sighs) Craziness. I also would like to know, has anybody found out who is Elizabeth Carlyle? Has anyone discovered who is Elizabeth Carlyle? That's the... uh, the alternative identity, the secret email account that Loretta Lynch used when she was avoiding, avoiding the scrutiny when she was uh, sending out emails. This is a big story that popped yesterday. We're not hearing enough about it. I want to know who, who Loretta Lynch was thinking of or who this Elizabeth Carlyle was. We know that her predecessor as Attorney General Holder used Lou Alcindor. As, as a secret email identity, Lou Alcindor being the name of, of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before he converted to Islam. I just wonder about these. Why do we allow government officials, especially cabinet members, 
to have secret email accounts and nobody's saying boo about it. I know, I'm getting all wound up. I'm getting irritated. Thank God it's not irritating my neck or my back or my knees. And I just, I almost forgot. I have to tell you guys, uh, don't wait. Don't delay. Relief factor. Relief factor is what has helped me since April 7th. I got the three-week quick start pack to help with the pain in my knees, my neck, and my back. If you have inflammation in your joints that causes you pain, you owe it to yourself to try the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Just go online and see what it's all about. Because this is, this is a botanical mix, 100% natural botanicals with that fish oil, that wild harvested fish oil that works together to reduce the inflammation. It does in my joints. And when you reduce the inflammation, the pain goes away. It's relief factor. It works great for me. I've been on it since, as I said, April 7th. April 15th, I started needing any additional support to get rid of pain. Still, to this day. You want to know more? Go to relieffactor.com. Pick up the phone. Give them a call. Talk to them. 800-500-8384. It's doing wonders for me. Hopefully, it'll do the same for you. Michael Pelka, stepping aside. When we get back, a Canadian Campbell Soup. How did that get across the border? I have questions. We lost a Hollywood legend. Someone's trying to make swastikas hip, and Garth Brooks is doing great things. Plus, we'll see what's happening in Korea. We'll be right back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, we're covering this, but we're not panicking. I just want that to be clear. It's the third hour of Pure Opelka, and we have, um, we have, I guess you could call this legitimate breaking news. The news networks are all reporting this Washington Post story that North Korea has, in fact, miniaturized a nuke. And that would be disturbing. There are a couple other pieces of information in this report that I find both disturbing and also comforting. Comforting, we don't know or we don't believe they have the technology yet that allows the missile, the intercontinental ballistic missile, to re-enter the atmosphere without blowing up or burning up. So they're not quite ready, but there are some disturbing things here. Uh, We believe North Korea was probably months away from miniaturizing the nuke. But why wouldn't Kim Jong-un be working simultaneously on his intercontinental ballistic missile technology and miniaturization and reentry? Why wouldn't he have scientists dedicated to all of those? I assume that's what's going on. So watch this space. I think there's an emergency meeting of the Security Council happening 
and maybe maybe this this news is just popping because we have we have the news that Kim Jong Un is not happy about America and the United Nations squeezing his country with the sanctions that were voted unanimously at the UN the other day, just last weekend. Big win for Nikki Haley. And we also learned in this Washington Post report that the intelligence community believes this guy's got 60 nukes, 60, 60 nuclear bombs. Not good. That's not a good thing. A crazy man. Not not a good thing at all. But he believes that this is his ticket out of third world status because once you join the nuclear club, once you are admitted to the nuclear club, you suddenly become somebody who has to be dealt with, someone who has to get face-to-face meetings as opposed to, you know, we don't even have diplomatic relations with North Korea. In the case of the American who died... In custody, basically, he came home in a coma, but he was dead pretty much out of warm beer. We couldn't even negotiate directly with the North Koreans. We had to, we had to send an an emissary, a message through somebody else because we don't have diplomatic relationships with North Korea. Now, this this whole situation is a little disturbing, and you heard Nikki Haley's comments on Fox with Dana Perino uh, just the other day talking about the fact that when Dana asked, uh, is there significant movement of military equipment on the border by the North Koreans? And that was considered to be top secret. So, no, we're not talking about that. We're not answering that question. Oh, boy. Donald Trump can't be happy about this. Hmm. Okay, back into some of the things. Uh, I did post uh, a link to the Chelsea Clinton story from last hour about the uh, wanting to progressively label movies. And as always, as usual, this crew came up with some brilliant responses. I love this organization. The uh, Stunt Brainiacs who are out there listening. Andrew Richardson, uh, who, who goes by the Twitter handle, a pretty good one, at Right Wing Ninja, said, let them. Let them do the progressive labels on the movies. It'll be easier to know which ones we should not watch. Very well done, sir. Very well done. Thank you. And I was talking about uh, who the hell is Elizabeth Carlyle. And apparently, apparently, uh, Trey Gowdy asked that question During the hearings, I didn't remember it, but the Duchess did. And she sent us a link to this. And I I assume it's it's the uh, the question I was talking about. Let me ask you this. Why do you think it's important to use official email to conduct official business? I believe it's it's important to do that. I think that. Certainly every department has chosen to craft the way in which they carry out their business and it provides for a way of doing business in a secure system. That is uh, Loretta Lynch answering Trey Gowdy's question about the emails and then he went further. So you use official email to conduct official business? Yes, sir, I do. 
Okay. And do you ever email, send or receive classified information on personal email? I do not. Not personal email, but we know that an alias was used, and I'd like to know why. Why? Thank you, Duchess, for bringing that up. Now, it's not illegal to use an alias in the email. There's nothing against the law to do that. But it's just, it's curious. Why are we doing that? What are we hiding from? Why are you being a sneaky Pete? Why did Eric Holder use Lou Alcinder? Doesn't anybody want to know? Isn't anybody curious? I sure as hell am. Kind of interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, there's news on um, on several f- fronts today. The, uh, the David Letterman news is bizarre, isn't it? David Letterman coming back to television. It must have been, I guess maybe he's just getting bored. David Letterman has started showing up at baseball games lately. David Letterman and his uh, Santa Claus beard. He had a beard, kind of reminds me of the beard I grew just uh, leading up to the election. Netflix announced today that David Letterman's coming out of retirement, at least briefly, that in 2018, he will do a six one-hour series of talk shows somehow. A six-episode talk show. That was like two weeks of work for Letterman. I don't understand, and I'm sure we'll hear more as this happens. He, uh, he has an official Twitter, Twitter account just called Letterman, and it's, it's not... Not too active, but he's out there. The official Twitter account for David Letterman is just at Letterman. He only follows 33 people and he's got just a few tweets. But surprisingly, and I'll bet this number jumps, David Letterman only has 332,000 followers, which is a mere pittance compared to others in the late night talk show arena. For example, Jimmy Kimmel has 9.7 million. He could lose 9,300,000 and still be ahead of Letterman. That's, that's how tiny Letterman's Twitter. He's not really a Twitter guy. Jimmy Fallon has 48.5 million followers. He could lose, he could lose 48 million followers and still be ahead of David Letterman. Just to let you know, Letterman may not be. He, I'm sure he might be jumping into the social media arena. And Ellen DeGeneres, another talk show host, although not late night, 71 million followers. So, David Letterman, uh, welcome back, sir. How was the vacation? We know the beard is, I guess, there for good. But uh, I wonder if he'll shave it off as he gets ready to come back. Just a. Just a sidebar on things. I mentioned Canadian chicken soup. I went to the store today to grab a few things before the show. And I'm a traditionalist, I, or at least I'm a guy who doesn't change habits too quickly. And I do like soup. Soup is a good thing. And I grabbed, I went to go get my Campbell's chicken soup. And I grabbed 
you know, it was two for something. So I went to grab two cans and I grabbed a chicken with rice and a homestyle chicken noodle. And I'm looking at the chicken with rice label and right under it, it looks exact. The two things look exactly alike with one exception. And the chicken with rice chicken soup has a tiny bit of print on it. Just a little bit of teeny tiny bit of print that says product of Canada. I'm like, wait a minute. Campbell's soup, and this used to be a thing in Chicago. Campbell's soup used to make soup in Chicago. You drive by and see the plant. I know because my uncle worked there. My uncle Billy worked there for ever, ever and ever and ever. But I just, I didn't, is this a NAFTA thing? Did, did Campbell's chicken soup, chicken with rice soup, suddenly go north of the border? And why? Because it's not any cheaper. It's just a surprise to me. Am I the only one who just figured this out? I'll, I'll post a picture of the two cans side by side so you can see it for yourself. I know it's a crazy question. But did Campbell's chicken soup take away business from from Campbell's soup in America because we sent it to Canada? Can can the president get those jobs back here for us, please, Mr. President? I would like that. It just seems bizarre to me. Our chicken soup product of Canada. I don't like it. All right, when we get back, I have to talk about uh, Shatner and the, and the story of the social justice warriors. We also have this story. I, I actually saw somebody yelling, a fidget spinner. That's right, a fidget spinner that was shaped like a swastika. I know. I know. We're all, we're all stunned by it. A fidget spinner shaped like a swastika. And there was somebody who was attempting to make swastikas cool again. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. Plus, we lost a legend in Hollywood recently. We have to pay tribute to him. And we'll take care of that just around the corner on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Phone lines are open, 888-900-3393. I, um, I'm guessing things have calmed down on the Washington Post report on the North Korean miniaturized nuclear warheads because CNN's back to attacking Donald Trump's poll numbers, and whether or not people believe he should continue tweeting. So uh, I guess there's no uh, emergence. We're not raising the threat level to like red, glowing red, blinking, whatever. CNN has declared that we can go back to critiquing the White House based on the poll numbers. (laughs) Some days it just, it's just too obvious, CNN. Some days... We just have to look at you and go, okay, we get it. We understand what you're up to. Calm down. But um, I want to get into a couple of things here. One of them 
was a story that I first noticed on the Jerusalem Post. And I try and keep an eye on all things going on around the world. And our friends in Israel deserve to to get our attention and deserve to be on our radar because, frankly, uh, Israel's kind of like the canary in the coal mine over in the Middle East. If we lose Israel, all bets are off for the Middle East. And uh, so I, I pay attention to the Jerusalem Post. There's a couple other folks who, who send me Twitter messages regularly. But there was a, a piece the other day on the Jerusalem Post, and I think, thank God for this because... All of the attention that it brought also seems to have brought action because um, the, story, the story was about a T-shirt design that was called... Now, let's all, let's all try and wrap our heads around this. The Love and Peace with Swastika shirt. Wait, what? Yeah. This was sold on one of those websites where you can make your own custom T-shirts and then put it out on social media and people can buy it and you'll make a couple of shekels here and there off every shirt you sell. It was the Love and Peace with Swastika shirt. And it had kind of the rainbow logo that you see on all of the LGBTQRSTVURSYZ, all those flags, that, that, that rainbow flag. And it had the word peace. But in the middle of the circle, there was a, 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 the rainbow circle had a white swastika on it. Seriously, you're looking at it going, wait, hold, hold, hold on a second here. Hold on. We're selling, we're selling T-shirts with swastikas and saying it's a love and peace T-shirt. Well, the people that designed it were actually defending it. They said that um, despite the outrage, they said this was a manifestation of the victory of humanity in response to that. The aim of the project was to make people think, they said, what is true peace? What is true love? What is true freedom? Our project wants to express the victory of true love against the hatred of Nazism in particular. Really? Really? Is that, is that actually what you're going to say here? Now, the Jerusalem Post reports that the, the company, KA Designs, also said, this project was intended to be innocent and peaceful. We sincerely were trying to convey an extremely positive message, but as soon as people saw the swastika, they became violent and aggressive. And that's why we want to forgive and ask forgiveness. Thank you and sorry. Now, the... The designs from this group, KA Designs, were sold. And I'm sure somebody got these T-shirts out there. They have since been removed and they have put up new designs that have the swastika. It's the same shirt, but instead of the swastika, no, the swastika is still there. They just put the red line with the, with the bar through it, you know, like the don't park here sign over the P. It's a red circle with a bar across it. Now, they also, I didn't know this, but there was a love and peace swastika shirt that actually had the American, uh, the United States of America map. This, uh, who's not thinking here? 
Who in their right minds would think, you know, it would be a really good idea for us if we just, if we put swastikas on shirts, but we put like the word peace next to it. Sure, that's a brilliant idea. Now, the company also issued a state statement saying, we are not neo-Nazis in any possible way. However, our campaign seems to have brought up the worst in people. We understand and accept this kind of response, and we truly feel sorry about it. And they've owned up and accepted every criticism, they say. They just said, we didn't expect so much hate from people. Yeah, well, you, you put up the symbol of something that, that killed six million Jews and, and had the world in a war. You think you're going to get hugs for it? No. No. And if you've seen the stories related to this, I'll tweet out a link to this. You probably have also seen the stories that showed there were people actually making fidget spinners that were swastikas. Are you kidding me? I, I, I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned that this existed. But thank God, all the attention to it. And this is where social media does well. This is where social media does its job and straightens, straightens things out. So thank God the Nazi uh, memorabilia here or the swastika T-shirts have gone away. Although I, I still think it's kind of stupid to sell them with the, uh, with the red line through it. Maybe they're just trying to... We'll be right back to wrap up the uh, last half hour of the show. I still I have to get to uh, the Shatner story as well. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Mm-mm-mm. Welcome back to Puro Pelka, the uh, final chapter of today's program. Uh, we have covered so much, including the uh, the apparent scramble that the news media has jumped into when we learned that the Pentagon revealed, and somehow the Washington Post got hold of it that uh, North Korea has 60 nukes and some of them miniaturized to the point where they could fit on an intercontinental ballistic missile, which puts us all at, uh, at risk. It puts us all right in the crosshairs of that Kim Jong idiot. And I don't think it's a good thing at all as we're trying to make sure that, you know, it's, it's very difficult to figure out what the heck you do with this guy because literally anything we do preventative measure we take could put millions of lives at risk in the region seriously that's not an exaggeration that's not that's not being a drama queen that's millions am i still allowed to say drama queen i just realized as it came out of my mouth is that okay 
Can somebody check with HR? Are we allowed to save Drama Queen? Because I, I heard the other day, actually a couple months ago, that RuPaul was not allowed to say the word tranny. I'm nervous even saying it myself, that RuPaul, who is probably the most famous trans cross-dressing person in the world, was told that Ru couldn't say the word T-R-A-N-N-Y that that was effectively the N-word of the trans community. And I believe Rue's response initially was laughter, but also I, I think that there's... But I'm just wondering, am I allowed to say what I just said? We'll find out. Uh, the question of the day today, the vital question will be up for another 21 hours. And it looks like you guys are pretty much in lockstep on this. Uh, would you buy a ticket on an airline using pilotless planes? The question of the day was sparked by a story that um, says the pilotless planes, planes using artificial intelligence to fly, are coming and they'll be here in commercial airlines as soon as 2025. 2025 and probably everywhere by 2030. Would you get on a plane with no pilot? I got, I got, to, got to see proof that that's working. Currently, 16% of you say yes, 14% say maybe, and 70% of you are saying absolutely no way. And you know what? I, I think it's at 2017, it's easy to say no way. And the Duchess wrote, hell to the no. Did you not see the Tom Hanks movie about the pilot who landed the plane in the Hudson? Yes, I did. I was in New York when Sully Sullenberger dropped that plane in the river and saved everybody's life. Simon Conway, another radio brother in Iowa, on Twitter said, where's the hell no option? Son of a Marine, who's here a lot, said, absolutely never. Nor a self-driving bus, truck, or car without a human pilot or driver. AI cannot compensate for human situational awareness and instinct. Spoken like a true Marine, sir. However, H. Demon tells us most flights are already autopilot these days. Yeah, I understand that once you take off, there's a good chance that once you're above 10,000 feet or a little bit higher that uh, chances are you are, are writing, uh, you are being flown by an autopilot program so that takeoff and landing and any navigation through uh, turbulence is going to be the real key. Dum Dum at Ken Putt One on Twitter writes, I refuse to fly at all. Well, I don't know how you get anywhere because you're not, not going to get to... Uh, Australia or Hawaii or, or France or England if you don't get on a plane, unless you take a very, a very fast boat, which we don't have too many of those. So uh, that poll is going to stay up. And you can, you can check it out on, uh, on Twitter at StuntBrain. If you want to weigh in, you can also uh, call in and uh, 888-900-3393 and, and let us know uh, how you feel about the topic. We're... We're trying to entertain all sorts of answers here and get your opinion. That's what the vital question is all about. 
Uh, William, William Shatner, he's a guy who uh, gets a lot of credit for helping break down barriers. William Shatner's a guy who, uh, during his, his uh, early episode as Captain Kirk in his career, you know, he went from being an actor you would see on series like uh, The Twilight Zone to Captain Kirk in the original television series of, of Star Trek. And Shatner, Shatner was the guy who actually fought very publicly to make sure that uh, the first interracial kiss on television happened on Star Trek. There was pushback. I don't know how many of you actually know the story, but when uh, William Shatner, Captain Kirk, and, and Uhura, the, the communications officer on the Enterprise, Nichelle Nichols, I think was her name. She's still with us. She was in, uh, she was in Sharknado 5 on Sunday. But Shatner fought for that scene to stay in. There was considerable pushback from some of the network censors. They were worried about a, a television series having an interracial kiss. Can you imagine? There were areas of the South that actually decided not to show it. There were areas, areas of the South that, that did not air Star Trek that week because of those few seconds where Kirk and O'Hara locked lips. Interesting. Interesting. So Shatner, who was uh, once a hero to the social justice warrior community, is now running afoul of some of the social justice warriors. As he says, look, I, I, I love social justice warriors who don't even understand issues but jump in to fight. And he links to tweets about some of the social justice warriors. He... Uh, he loves to battle them. And he, you know, for years, Shatner's been a guy who doesn't get into politics, but he understands. He understands logic. And after one of the attacks from the social justice warriors, people who he claims stand for inequality, and he says they, they call out mis misandry, which is a great word, misandry, uh, bias against men. And people who are snowflakes. <laughs> Shatner posted, and this is your failure of logic. Social justice warriors stand for inequality where they are superior to anyone else. Hence my use of misandry and snowflake. Because he got called out for using those terms. He said it exists. Misandry does exist and toxic masculinity is a skewed definition. So boo-hoo that I use a word you don't believe exists <laughs> and, and a phrase. Shatner was addressing the fact that as he uh, confronted some of the social justice warriors, they would then protect their tweets so he couldn't respond. And he, he was saying that he didn't understand it initially, saying, why is it that social justice warriors can align themselves with those that demanded social reform in the 60s? Now, Captain Kirk, you've got to be able to understand that. You've been traveling through time and space forever and ever and ever, sir. 
I just think Shatner's an interesting guy. He has survived in Hollywood. He spoke at Freedom Fest uh, two weeks ago when I was out in, um, in Los Angeles. And the guy in his 80s is still out there standing up, uh, entertaining and confronting. And I think he's just, he's, he's a hero for being able to do that and continuing through all these years. So William, William Shatner... Captain Kirk, whichever identity you're you're fighting for, you were right in the in the '60s to stand up and fight for the first interracial kiss on television, and you're right to call out the social justice warriors and their stupidity. And I I love the fact that some of the social justice warriors who get mad say things to Shatner like. This is why everybody likes Patrick Stewart more than you. Way to be mature, social justice warrior. Way to be mature. Stepping aside, when we get back, we'll wrap up today's show. I think I got a couple of other strange news items left to uh, take care of, including that, um, that weird thing Denver wants to do now. They want to make a safe haven for people who want to shoot heroin. No, I guess pot isn't a gateway drug, is it? And we have to say goodbye to a Hollywood legend. A true Hollywood legend. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. One more quick reminder, if you want to try and uh, experience what I experienced in, in terms of getting your life back and being able to be more active again, I suggest you check out Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. Go ahead. Check it out. See what's going on there. I got the three-week quick start pack and I will tell you, it has uh, done wonders for me. I, I would keep ordering it. And 80% of the people who do use Relief Factor and get the three-week quick start pack, get it again. It's botanicals mixed with fish oil, wild harvested fish oil. 15 years of testing and research on this. It helps reduce the inflammation in my knees and my hips and my back. And when the inflammation's gone, the pain is gone. That's the secret. That's, that's the wonderful secret of all-natural relief factor. You can pick up the phone and call them at 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. It's the three-week quick start pack. It's uh, 95 cents a day, if you figure it out. Cheaper than a cup of coffee. And, and that's like 30 cents per dose when you take the packets that are put together, I use it. It's worked for me. I wouldn't tell you if it didn't. Relief factor. It works. It helped me. I hope it helps you if you have joints that are giving you irritation. Pick up the phone and call them at 800-500-8384 or go to relieffactor.com. Now, before we get out of here, a couple of things I need to deal with. A couple of important I have to call Brian Kilmeade out, and I've had some 
great conversations with Brian Kilmeade, but I think Kilmeade blew it when he was talking about the uh, Gore sequel to uh, An Inconvenient Truth. And he was talking about it on the uh, on the Fox TV show, Fox and Friends, this morning. Former Vice President Al Gore's new global warming documentary is already out, but you probably don't know it because no one saw it. Because no lie can live forever. An inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power, taking the coveted 15th spot at the box office. <laughs> only 14 lucky winners were ahead of him. In its first weekend of wide release, it's reportedly brought in less than $1 million so far. His plane's gas bill is bigger than that. Well, you know, you can have a little bit of schadenfreude on that one, Brian. But the truth, and we need to be truthful on this, Gore brought the movie out its first weekend. It was only in four theaters, and they tested the waters, and then they brought it out again, and it bumped up to about 400 theaters. But if you look at the per-screening average, this is where the truth lies. His people are going out and seeing it. They're, they're averaging about, I think, I think the number was somewhere around $5,000 per screening, and that puts it up in the top three per screen, which that's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Before we get out of here, we didn't do too much on history today, but today was a day, a very important day in our nation's history. This was the day that President Richard Nixon made history when he resigned. He actually stepped down in the face of the Watergate prosecution and the impending impeachment that was obviously coming down the pike. Nixon spoke for the 37th time from the Oval Office. And when he addressed the nation, he talked about his dreams for peace abroad and prosperity without inflation at home. And he closed by saying this. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Vice President Ford will be sworn in as president at that hour in this office. That was the end of Richard Nixon. Gerald Ford, a man who did not receive a single vote to be president of the United States when Nixon was elected, became the first president to sit in that office as president without being elected by you and I, the people. History on this date, August 8th, 1974. It's a remarkable nation. And if we give it the care and feeding it requires, it will stay just that. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.